Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome into the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined more often than not by my longtime brother, Daniel Sancato. On this episode, we'll be recapping the weekend and giving our notes on the ballers and stallers. If you have a fantasy football question or comment for our listener mailbag, please reach out to us via email at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Pod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids, hashtag TCKPod. We have a great episode for you today, so without any further ado, let's talk ball. What's up, TCK Potters? It's Sky. We have week one behind us, and we're rolling into week two. Super stoked to have football back. It was a nice long weekend. Got Thursday night football, had some college football on Saturday, all day Sunday, two Monday nighters. We got a lot to get into. We're going to do this first segment, Ballers and Stallers. We're going to go through a week one recap, go through each game, and list off some players that balled out and some other players that stalled out, whether it be for an injury, uh, timeshare, um, just didn't didn't pull their weight. So let's get through it. we got a lot to handle. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Your weak ass, get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. 
I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. All right, we got week one, Thursday night football, Atlanta at Philadelphia. The Eagles taking the win 18 to 12 over the Falcons. This one was uh, was pretty ugly all around. Um, the baller I have was Julio Jones, no question, 28 PPR fantasy points, 10 receptions, 169 yards on 19 targets. And if you were watching the game, you noticed a questionable call that was overturned but Julio could have had 200 yards easy, um, and he should have had a touchdown or two. So this was almost a 40-point performance. Julio absolutely balled out, and uh, that's what he does. He's going to have some dud games here and there when they forget about him, but Julio does Julio. And for the Eagles side, Jay Ajayi, great performance, 20.2 fantasy points. He had 15 carries, 62 yards, and two touchdowns. He didn't do much in the first half, but he came around the second half and saved fantasy owners with those two touchdowns. I'm not super into Jay Ajayi, haven't been all season, but someone definitely look into if you're looking for a, a RB2 uh, with potential, you know, RB1 upside depending on the week. But I think it'll be an RB3 flex most of the time. Nelson Aguilar had a decent game, but kind of weird. Uh, 13 and a half points um, on eight receptions for just 33 yards. Kind of an odd stat line. The takeaway here, though, is he did have 10 targets with Alshon Jeffrey still out. Um, he was definitely the number one receiver, and he played well. They just didn't target him much down the field. So Nelson Aguilar, fire him up uh, at least until Jeffrey gets back, and honestly probably even even when Jeffrey does get back. And the Eagles' defense um, had a pick, four sacks. They had 12 points, but uh, they played much better than, the, than it shows. Um, Matt Ryan, who I'll give in a second here as a staller, uh, was just – all over the place all night. He didn't play very well, but I think a lot of that had to do with the Eagles. They're fired up. Had a big home game, obviously. They revealed the banner for the Super Bowl win, and uh, they were pumped up in Philly, so that defense was ready to roll. But um, you can fire them out every week as a top-tier defense. As some stallers, I had Matt Ryan, 8.8 .8 points, 21 of 43, 251, no touchdowns and a pick. Uh, he just he just looked off. Um, he didn't seem to have much zip on the ball, and uh, he was he was missing everybody but Julio Jones. Julio was on, but Julio's Julio, and made a lot after the catch. Um, but Matt Ryan wasn't uh, wasn't spreading the ball around. So uh, we'll see if that picks up next week. But um, wasn't a great first game for Matt Ryan. He also had some pretty errant throws um, on the interception, and also just some uh, just some bad bad targets. So I think he was off a little bit. Uh, Devonta Freeman um, left uh, the second half with uh, with an injury. Um, he had eight points, uh, six carries for 36 yards, and Coleman had 11 points with nine carries for 19 yards. He did get a touchdown, but not much from either running back in Atlanta. Uh, that's definitely alarming. Um, you know, most of these uh, or both of these running backs are are heavily owned in all fantasy formats, and. Um, if Freeman's missing time, Coleman definitely gets an uptick, but definitely worried about both of these running backs. I don't own either one of them. Uh, I stayed away from them in, in the drafts just because I don't like the timeshare there anyway, but it's certainly not looking good if uh, if the, this offense is going to sputter out a little bit and Sarkeesian needs to get it together here quickly or he may be on the hot seat in a couple of weeks. And overall, the Atlanta play calling was, was a stall. Uh, as I mentioned, just everyone seemed off there. On the Eagles side, um, Foles – 
was not uh, Super Bowl caliber. Uh, 5.1 fantasy points, 19 of 34, 117, no touchdowns and a pick. Um, this game, like I said, was sloppy all around, uh, but Foles was just not not the magic we saw in the Super Bowl there. So uh, we did we did see uh, the Philly special round two, which was a fun play. But um, outside of that, uh, he did not have a very good game behind center. He looked flustered. The Atlanta defense was playing well. Um, Atlanta should have won this game multiple times, but uh, their offense just sputtered out too many times. And Zach Ertz, 9.8 fantasy points, five catches for 48 yards on 10 targets. Not a terrible game at the tight end position. Um, he'll end the week as a top tight end because the tight ends are just so rough. But it was uh, disappointing to see him rock, uh, you know, just kind of under 10 points with people drafting him in the third round there. So hopefully that'll pick up. Moving into Miami, we had the Dolphins take on the Titans. Dolphins pulling away with a 27-20 victory there in Miami. Deion Lewis played very well, 22 fantasy points. He had 75 yards on 16 carries, and he had a touchdown. He had another 35 on five receptions through the air. He looked great. I'll get to Derrick Henry in a second, but Deion Lewis was definitely the featured back here with the with the game script. Corey Davis looked well, um, 12 points uh, with 62 yards on six receptions and 13 targets. 13 targets is what we're looking at here. He was heavily targeted and was the main contributor. And uh, Delaney Walker, which I'll get to in a second as well, uh, is is uh, not looking good. He's out for the season with a dislocated ankle. So that Titans uh, offense sputtered in the preseason. Doesn't look good to start now, but some highlights with Deion Lewis and Corey Davis. Kenny Stills absolutely balled out for Miami. 26.6 fantasy points, four catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns on only five targets. If you need to fire up Kenny Stills, you can do that in a deeper format, but I would be I would be cautious there. I don't expect to have this big tagline every game. He had a long touchdown, and uh, Devontae Parker should be coming back in the next week or two. Some stallers, Marriott, as I mentioned, 1.6 fantasy points. He ended up getting injured. He had just 16 uh, completions, uh, no touchdowns, and uh, two picks um, before he hobbled off with, with an apparent injury as well. And uh, Derrick Henry, only 4.1 points on 10 carries for just 26 yards. Um, and I, as I mentioned, Delaney Walker out for the season with a dislocated ankle. Um Jonu Smith and Luke Stalker look to be the next Titans uh, tight ends to come through there. So that Titans offense is looking looking shaky at best. Tannehill did throw the deep bomb to Kenny Stills, but overall wasn't looking amazing. Um, I don't think anyone's playing him either anyway. But in in uh, two two QB leagues or maybe a uh, you know a, a strong flex um, super flex, you can you can look to play him. But I I would be careful there with Tannehill. Kenyon Drake definitely disappointed um, getting drafted in the higher rounds with only 9.6 fantasy points. He had 14 carries, 48 yards, and three receptions and 18 yards. I had been mentioning all preseason to be uh, hesitant on Drake. He'll definitely have his big games. He's going to have some big runs, but uh, Frank Gore isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, he had uh, he had a great game um, from Frank Gore's standpoint. You know, he had another 50 yards. And uh, he's not going to go anywhere. So um, I would definitely be hesitant on on firing up Drake as your number one there. But he will have his good games, and I expect him to bounce back overall. And uh, Mike Kosicki, if anyone's starting him in a deeper tight end league, uh, he had just two points on one reception for 11 yards. Heading into Minnesota, the Niners 
should have won this game multiple times. Uh, I watched this entire game, and um, Minnesota, you know, won the game 24-16. All credit due to them. They definitely played overall far better than the Niners for the complete game, so they get the win. However, watching this game, uh, the Niners had multiple opportunities to win this game late, uh, put it on early, um, and they just didn't take advantage of their turnovers and they had some pretty sloppy red zone play um as is so minnesota takes the victory here some standouts and balling out for the 49ers dante pettis filling in nicely for marquise goodwin who went down early with a uh, bruised quad on kind of just he just running a slant route he got cut off kind of clipped on his um quad did sort of a misty flip um and ended up leaving most of the game he did come back for a play or a series but um he didn't really contribute after that um, but Dante Pettis stepped in nicely with 14.1 fantasy points, two catches, 61 yards, and a beautiful long touchdown on a scramble from Jimmy G on five targets there. So Goodwin owners, consider if you're in a deeper league looking at Dante Pettis. If if Goodwin misses any time, which it doesn't look like he will, but if he does, definitely look at Dante Pettis because he can play and, and the rookie's got some wheels. So he made some nice plays on punt returns as well. So he's definitely got some good moves. Um, George Kittle beasted out, come back healthy after a, a shaky preseason. We weren't sure what was going to happen with Kittle, but he came out very well. 14 points, five catches, 90 yards on nine targets, and he dropped a touchdown, and he missed another high and late, kind of uh, trying to recapture the catch with Dwight Clark there. It was just above his fingertips late in the end zone, and um, George Kittle could have had a, a monstrous game here. So um, fire him up if you got him. And uh, Matt Breida um, wasn't amazing. He had only 46 yards, but he looked really good. And uh, I'll get to uh, I'll get to um, Alfred Morris here in a second uh, with the Stallers. But um, once Morris fumbled heading into the goal line, Matt Breida took over for quite a while, and he did look good. So his numbers weren't super sexy, but um, he does look great there, and he's definitely the pass catching option. So uh, look at look at Matt Breida in a PPR league if you're looking for a deeper option this week. Um, we've got, uh, Kirk cousins playing well and balling out for the Minnesota Vikings, 20.4 fantasy points, 20 of 36 for two forty-four and two touchdowns, not a monstrous game, but clean. I wasn't sure I was going to come out with the new offense as new players. He looked crisp. Um, and, and later on in the game, they were just kind of sulking it away with the run game. So he didn't have to put it up, but he could have put up 300 easy. Um, he had another touchdown, uh, that was, that was missed. So, um, cousins looks really good and that, that Minnesota offense and defense look really clean. Um, so you can fire up all cylinders on, on the Minnesota offense. Uh, the receivers also played well as expected. Diggs had 14.1 points, three catches, 43 yards, a touchdown on six targets. And Thielen had 16.2 points with six catches, 102 yards on 12 targets. So Thielen seems to be kind of the more targeted PPR, um, low-range uh, monsters we saw last year. But Diggs is definitely the big play possibility there who had a great um, great touchdown catch uh, squeeze in the corner of the end zone. So they're both, they're both set. Uh, the Vikings defense smothered. Uh, Jimmy G and, and the Niners for most of the game. Although, again, I think the Niners had a couple of chances to take this game over, but they just didn't do it. And that Viking defense is is pretty nasty. Uh, they had 18 fantasy points. They did have a touchdown. They had three picks, fumble recovery, three sacks. Vikings defense came through as expected. Some stallers in this game on the Niners' side. Jimmy G 
nine points, 15 for 33, 261, a touchdown to three picks. Um, he had one beautiful kind of scramble Aaron Rodgers-esque play. Of course, I'm not comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, but the play itself looked uh, nice. It was a good scramble, kind of a huck it and a, and a, you know, he put it on his wish list, but um, Dante Pettis did come down with it and it looked really pretty that it did happen. Uh, he also had a silly interception that I'm not really counting as far as a bad throw um, or I'm sorry, an almost interception where he actually literally just tried to throw the ball out of the back of the end zone uh, to kill a play and he lofted it up and um, Harrison Smith almost intercepted it all alone by himself, but he couldn't get his toes in. So I think Jimmy needs to calm the nerves a little bit and uh, focus in, but I think he'll be all right moving forward, but definitely a sloppy game um, for this first one. Alfred Morris, as I mentioned, just 1.8 fantasy points, 12 carries, 38 yards with a fumble on the goal line. Man, it was ugly. Um, I think Alfred's going to do better in, in the game. I mean, he has to do better in games, but I think overall he'll do all right once he gets a little more settled in the offense and finds his role with Brita. But, man, it was it was ugly. Uh, Goodwin, as I said, not much on the stat line. He, he had one target early. He had no catches, no yards, and he had that quad um, bruise. Uh, so we'll we'll hear more from him later. Uh, Pierre Garçon, just 4.1 fantasy points, two catches, 21 yards, and six targets. So nobody really other than Kittle and uh, Pettis on the offensive side of the football for the Niners um, coming through. So hopefully they can upgrade getting into the rest of the season. On the Minnesota side, uh, Dalvin Cook didn't have a terrible game, but you know people are drafting him in the first, second round. He had 13.5 fantasy points, 16 carries, 40 yards, six receptions, 55 yards. On seven targets again not a horrible stat line I mean he got you you know above 12 points but um, in a PPR league but uh, if you're in a standard league um, that's rough you know that's going to be nine points he didn't get a touchdown so um, you know I think he'll be he'll be fine Latavius Murray had 4.2 points with 11 carries and 42 yards but I think what's important to note here is that uh, Latavius Murray did have um, 11 carries Dalvin Cook had 16 so it looks like a pretty close timeshare here and we've seen Latavius Murray do it in the past um, so it looks like the Vikings were going through the air on this game but they could definitely make it happen moving forward Kyle Rudolph uh, had one catch for 11 yards and a touchdown on two targets he had a touchdown but nothing else moving on to New England Patriots take care of business 27-20 this is another game that the Houston Texans could have could have made happen but they came up short and Brady gets it done at home Hopkins Balled out, not incredibly well, but got it done. 15.1 fantasy points, eight catches, 78 yards on 11 targets. He's a monster, not much to say there. Brady, Gronk, they're doing work. Um, they both were over 20 fantasy points. Brady had 277, three touchdowns, and a kind of a, just a silly pick over the over the middle on a slant that a, a linebacker jumped, but Brady's Brady. Gronk beasted 23-plus points, seven catches, two, 123, a touchdown on eight targets. Um, while he's healthy, he's the man. Uh, Philip Dorsett makes an appearance. Nice touchdown. He had 19.6 fantasy points, seven catches, 66 yards, a touchdown on seven targets. He was 100% on targeted balls this weekend, which is great. And if you can get on um, Brady's good side, that'll be great for Dorsett, obviously. James White was the lead back, um, at least in fantasy points, 15.6 fantasy points. He had um, nine receptions for 56 yards and a touchdown. On the uh, the Stallers side, Watson, just 11 points, 7 for 34, 176, a touchdown, a pick. Um, 
this was a little bit uglier than the stats even show, although the stats aren't good either. But um, Watson could have done much better with with what he had available there, and he just he just wasn't making it happen. Uh, Lamar Miller didn't have a terrible game. Um, he almost had 100 yards rushing. But Alfred Blue got the steal on the goal line touch, which is a little concerning for sure. And maybe uh, Miller was just kind of tired after a long drive there. But Alfred Blue is not going anywhere. And if Miller's not going to get his touchdowns, it's going to be hard. It was, you know, his most rushing yards in a couple of years at 98. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Hogan and Burkhead bombed for the Stallers um, on the Patriots. Uh, Hogan had just one catch for 11 yards on five targets, and Burkhead had 64 yards and just one catch. Um, as well. So Burkett had 18 carries, which is great, but he didn't do much with them necessarily. So keep an eye on that backfield, but the Patriots are the Patriots. You're, you're firing them up. On to possibly the most exciting game of the week. The Buccaneers upset the Saints on the road, 48-40. Most points scored in a season opener in the NFL. Ryan Fitzmagic, holy smokes, by now I'm sure you've heard about it, but his stats were 42.3 standard PPR fantasy points, 21 of 28, excellent efficiency, 417 yards, four touchdowns, 12 carries, 36 yards on the ground, and another score. So five total touchdowns for Ryan Fitzpatrick, balling out. Jameis, Jameis better watch out. I'll get to him in just a second, but it looks like Fitzpatrick's not going to go anywhere if he can keep this up with this offense. The Tampa Bay receivers absolutely balled out. Mike Evans, 27 fantasy points, seven catches, 147 yards, a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson, 31 fantasy points, five catches, 146, two touchdowns. He left in the fourth quarter with a head injury, um, so we'll have to see what's what's up with that. But if he misses any time, fear not, uh, because Godwin did business as well with three catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown Two with five targets. So everybody getting involved um, other than the tight ends. Um, the Saints uh, ballers, uh, they got their fantasy points. They just couldn't come away with the win. Drew Brees, um, I'm huge on Drew Brees. Obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast, um, this is pretty big numbers, uh, but I'm not surprised. He's he's incredible. Uh, 31 fantasy points, 37 of 45, 439 actually outpaced Fitzpatrick there one less touchdown, but he also had a couple two point conversions. Um, Alvin Kamara, 43, 43 fantasy points, eight carries, just 29 yards, but he scored two touchdowns. His efficiency continues. He had nine catches, one 12 through the air, another touchdown on 12 targets at the running back position and a pair of two point conversions. Alvin Kamara is a beast. Michael Thomas, unbelievable performance. 38 fantasy points. He had 16 catches on 17 targets. 16 catches on 17 targets. 180 for a touchdown. He easily could have had 200 plus and another touchdown. Uh, he had another uh, long touchdown called back, um, but they were in sync and the, the Tampa Bay defense had no answers. Ted Ginn Jr. got his long touchdown as well. 20.3 fantasy points, five Catches 68 yards, a touchdown on six targets, plus another two-point conversion. Very few stallers in this game, but to run him out, Rojo was a healthy scratch. Keep an eye on this. He did not even play in the game. Um, obviously, he had a shaky preseason. Keep an eye on that. Jameis Winston, um, I put him in here just to mention that there's no guarantee that he's going to jump back into the starting role when he comes back. 
He has three games off with the suspension, so two more after this last week. Um, and then they have a bye in week uh, five, so he might just sit out week four as well and see where Fitzpatrick's at. But Fitz looked really good, so we'll see what's up with Jameis. Um, Peyton Barber was a, a popular pick in a Ronald Jones' absence. However, he only had 6.9 fantasy points, 69 yards on 19 carries, no scores. And Cameron Bray, no catches on two targets. He was out-snapped by O.J. Howard, 43-24. to 24. Keep an eye on that. Bray got paid, but Howard seems to be taking over in Tampa Bay, and certainly with Ryan Fitzpatrick. On the other side, Mike Gillisley had negative 1.1 points on three carries on nine yards. He had a decent run for a first down, but fumbled and Tampa Bay took it in for the score. Uh, Mike Gillisley is irrelevant for now. He was supposed to stand in for Mark Ingram, but we'll see if that even, if that even comes to fruition. looks like Alvin Kamara is doing everything in New Orleans for now. And Cameron Meredith was a last minute scratch as well. He was jogging around for pregame. So this seems to just kind of be an easy way to settle him into the game, but this is an excellent game for fantasy points. And um, it's nice to see uh, the saints picking up where they left off. And it's cool to see Ryan Fitzpatrick doing his thing too. Moving on to the New York football giants hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars take care of business here on the road, 20 to 15 TJ Yeldon stepping in for an injured Leonard Fournette with 15.9 fantasy points, 51 yards on 14 carries, three catches, 18 yards through the air and a score. Pick up TJ Yeldon if he's available. He will be making gains whether Fournette plays or not. But Fournette looks to be, um, you know, iffy each week anyway. We've been saying that in the preseason. You never know what's going to happen with Fournette. Obviously, he's a beast when he plays, but he comes up with these injuries. This isn't even his foot, which has been plaguing him for years. This was a hamstring issue. He's day-to-day as of now. Keep an eye on that. Go pick up TJ Yeldon. Saquon Barkley is the truth. He, had a, he was blocked for most of the game, but he finally sprung a 68-yard touchdown late. He ended up with 20.8 fantasy points, 18 carries, a buck six, and a touchdown, another 22 yards through the air. Saquon's legit. OBJ kept his mouth shut against Jalen Ramsey, and he got his against that vaunted Jacksonville defense. 22 fantasy points, 11 catches for a buck 11 Yards on 15 targets. He didn't get into the end zone, but he got it done through the air. And obviously, he is a machine. And if he were to score, that's a 30-point performance quickly. So OBJ looks healthy. You can fire him up. On the Stallers side, we got Fournette. Like I mentioned, um, he was looking like he was on decent pace. He had 41 yards on the ground at 14 through the air before he left. But he did come up with a hamstring uh, injury. So keep an eye on that. The Jacksonville receivers kind of st- you know stalled out dd westbrook had five catches for 51 yards on six targets keelan cole had three catches for 54 yards on four targets and dante moncrief just one catch for 14 yards on five targets looks like marquise lee really was the lead dog here and of course he's out for the season so we're not really sure who's going to pick it up for the jacksonville receivers but keelan cole would still be probably the top option um, here as far as the most consistent play. But if you can, I would stay away from all of these guys until somebody proves it. Um, again, we're counting on Blake Bortles. I don't hate Blake Bortles as many as much as, you know, a lot of these fantasy analysis it, for fantasy purposes, but still for football purposes, he's got to get the ball to these guys with opportunity. And I'm just not confident he's going to do that. Eli Manning, um, outside of Odell Beckham, he did not have a huge game. He had 7.2 fantasy points, 23 or 37, 224 and a pick. So, again, not throwing a touchdown. Eli is hit or miss. He's going to have 
two or three games this year, I'm sure he's going to throw four touchdowns randomly, but he's also going to have games like this where he doesn't throw any. He's intercepted. He's under 300 yards. So unless you're in two QB league or a super flex and you're desperate, I would stay away from Eli. Evan Ingram, 3.8 fantasy points. Um, this is kind of a tricky one. I put him in the stallers because of his stats, but if you see the highlights or you watch the game, he had a number of opportunities to inflate his and Eli's stats. Um, he had one long, beautiful play called back, which would have definitely helped, and he had uh, another one that dropped, which has been his issue. He's got he's got the mad mad clam hand. So if he can get it together, I think he'll he'll definitely increase. So I'm not super worried about Ingram in general, but uh, didn't come through. Honestly, I I put a note here that his best play of the whole day was um, a pretty sick block that he put on Jacksonville to spring Saquon on a 68 yard touchdown. So keep an eye on Ingram. Moving into Indianapolis, where the Bengals come in and take care of business on the road, 34-23, beating the Colts. A lot to go over in this game. I'll buzz through it as quickly as I can. Joe Mixon looked great. 25.9 fantasy points, 17 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown, another 54 yards on five catches through the air. He looks excellent. Um, I have him in, in one of my main leagues, and I can't decide if I want to hold on to him and ride the wave or try to sell high. Right now, I think he's going to be great, but this this Colts defense is pitiful, so I'm not sure if it's a product of the defense or if he's actually going to be that involved, but he does look to be a true workhorse, but they're heading into Baltimore, so we'll see what happens next week. Um, Tyler Eifert had a, uh, not a, a super huge game by any means. His stats were pretty low, but it was good to see him out there, and I, I just wanted to mention that he looked healthy. He was running great routes. He was definitely involved, but he and Dalton are a little off on timing, so um, I actually started – Tyler Eifert over Trey Burton in a league um, on a gut feeling. And uh, Tyler Eifert only outscored Trey Burton by about two points, but two points is two points. And I made the right call there. So um, I think you could fire up Tyler Eifert as long as he is healthy. AJ Green does what he does on the road. 19.2 fantasy points, six catches, 92 yards, and a score on eight targets. He had a beautiful diving touchdown catch. AJ Green and Andy Dalton are unbelievable on the road, which is crazy because they're not always that good on at home, but they got it done on the road once again. John Ross looked great. Um, he only had one catch, uh, but he was out there. He's he's playing most of the routes, and again, um, keep an eye keep an eye on his his progression as well. But he did have a touchdown on his lone catch for three yards. Um, and like I said, Tyler Eifert just three catches for forty four yards. But keep an eye on him as well. On the other side, Andrew Luck looked great. Um, fifty three attempts. Uh, he had 19.5 fantasy points, 319 yards, two touchdowns, and a score. Um, still yet to see him throw super far down the field, but he looked good, looked polished. And uh, T.Y. Hilton is his main man um, who had five catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. So he's definitely the main dog there, of course. Eric Ebron played wonderfully. He had a nice 26-yard touchdown down the sideline, 51 yards in total, and that score for Eric Ebron. And Ryan Grant and Naheem Hines both had 12-point um 12 plus point fantasy performances and nine targets a piece. So keep an eye. Everybody eats in an Andrew Luck offense. On the Staller side, Gio wasn't very involved. Um, he was on the field quite a bit, but as far as the stats go, he didn't do much. Um, he had under two points. Uh, he had one carry for negative two yards and he had one catch uh, on 11 yard um, reception there. So uh, Gio didn't do much. Again, Joe Mixon is the top dog there. Um, Doyle didn't have a terrible game, uh, but he was outshined by Ebron. And this is something to definitely keep on 
uh, keep on check here. Uh, he had seven catches for 60 yards, and he had a fumble um, with 47 seconds left in the game to give uh, Cincinnati the game-clinching kind of fumble recovery touchdown there. So that might put him in the doghouse. Uh, Jordan Wilkins disappointed. I think he was a big uh, – he was a hot – pick to put in the lineup here but didn't get it done he had under nine point uh i'm sorry under 10 points 14 carries 40 yards three catches 21 yards through the air so keep an eye on jordan wilkins but christy michael didn't do anything he's irrelevant for now heading in to i don't know if it's a surprising game we talked about on the previous podcast when we were doing our nfl picks and all of us picked the steelers because you just don't pick the browns to win a game but you could have picked the Browns not to lose the game. The Browns and the Steelers ended up tying this game, if you haven't heard yet, and it was 21-21, and the poor Browns had an opportunity to win this game multiple times, and the Steelers should have routed them, but there was high winds, there was some rain, it was terrible conditions. Uh, ben Roethlisberger played terribly, which I'll get to in a second. The Browns should have won this game and can definitely play with Pittsburgh. Um, so we'll see We'll see how this develops. But Pittsburgh holds on kind of to tie the Browns, 21-21. James Conner was the true step-in for Lev Bell. We don't need to go into this whole situation. Everybody else is. But James Conner is the truth. 34 points, 31 carries, 135, and two touchdowns on the ground. Five catches, 57 yards through the air. So he had 193 total yards from scrimmage. Um, James Conner, fire him up. He's the man. And uh, we'll see what happens if Lev Bell gets back anytime soon. The Steelers will definitely have a decision to make. AP, slow start. He had nothing in the first half, but he came around second half when it mattered. Ended up with 24.3 fantasy points, nine catches, nine receptions, got his touchdown, 16 targets. He had a sick block on a, a Big Ben run, and he got his TD. So, um, you know, AB is AB, but he did start slowly with that with that uh, weather con concern there early with the high winds. Juju Smith-Schuster got it done. Five catches, 119 on eight targets for just under 17 fantasy points. Juju is ready to go as well. Tyrod Taylor on the other side of the ball played well. Um, terribly inefficient, uh, which he's actually you know known for being efficient and just not high volume. In this game, he had high volume and terrible efficiency. He had 15 completions on 40 attempts. Under 200 yards at 197, just the lone touchdown and a pick. And they had eight reception, or I'm sorry, eight rushes for 77 yards on the ground and a touchdown scoring, which was pretty sweet. Again, he can move, of course, but that wind was pretty brutal in Cleveland. So not blaming him terribly, but like, yo, 25 incompletions, that's rough. Um, Juice Landry uh, <laughs> is fantastic, man. He, I think he's going to flourish as a, as a top receiver in this league um, now that he's out of Miami. Um, he had seven catches for 106 yards on 15 targets, and there was a couple of the other ones he should have caught. Uh, so he could have had 10 catches for a buck 50 probably pretty easily in different conditions. So Landry, fire him up. He's a stud. Carlos Hyde, nice debut for the Browns as well um, with 22 carries, 62 yards and a touchdown. So not the biggest numbers, but it was good to see him get a bulk of the carries there. Um, and I'll get under the other running backs in a second, but uh, Carlos Hyde is definitely the bell cow in Cleveland uh, running the football. So 22 carries there for Carlos Hyde, 62 yards and a touchdown. And the Cleveland defense had to give them a shout out. Um, they played well last year, but they had no offense. So they were always behind and, and just having teams, you know, run it down the throat. But they played really well and Big Ben couldn't handle it. And we know about Road Ben, but 
you know, they got him again. Three picks, three fumble recoveries, four sacks, and six total turnovers. The Cleveland defense did everything they could to win this game. And again, Cleveland should have won this game multiple times. But the other Browns, Pittsburgh came back. They took it to overtime, ended up tying it. Big Ben is the top staller here. He had nine points, 23 for 41, 335, and a touchdown. But those three picks killed him. You know, he got his yards. He got a touchdown to AB, but those three picks were nasty. And Boswell, um, we got to get the kicker in here as he missed his lone field goal for the game winner with a buck 44 left in overtime. But lucky for Boswell, so did Zane Gonzalez. Zane Gonzalez, the kicker for the Browns, also missed his game-winning field goal in overtime, so the game remained tied. But both kickers had a chance to win the game for their respective teams and missed. One of the stallers here I'm going to mention are the Cleveland Browns in general. Yo, y'all had a win ready to go. Could have started with the win, and they come up short. They come up with the tie, um, zero, zero, and one to start the season, which is actually their best starting record in a season since 2014. Browns, get it together. Y'all have a good team. Let's make it happen. Josh Gordon was on the field. He made one catch, 17 yards, and a touchdown. It was good to see him out there. We knew he was going to be on a pitch count. Uh, I put him in the stallers because his numbers weren't very high, but I expect him to increase very quickly down um, down the field. So Josh Gordon was on the field, got his lone catch, made it a touchdown. David Njoku, um, 4.3 points, three catches, 13 yards on seven targets. I think this was a bit of a letdown for people in deeper leagues, maybe playing him. I think he'll do better, uh, you know, moving forward, but uh, definitely only had those three, three catches there. Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb, as I mentioned, Carlos Hyde got the bulk of the work and Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson only had eight combined carries for 38 total yards. Duke Johnson ended up getting a touchdown, um, but uh, or I'm sorry, didn't have it. Didn't have a touch on you. One catch. So I'm definitely, you know, not concerned about uh, Carlos Hyde there. And if you have the other two running backs, I would just keep an eye on that. They're flex worthy at best. Moving into Baltimore, where the Ravens absolutely dismantled the Bills. I don't think this is a surprise to anyone. Maybe a score of 47 to three was a bit shocking. But this game was over by the second half. I mean, there was a long period of this game where it was 40 to nothing, and and the the Baltimore Ravens were absolutely just shelling. Um, I don't have any uh, ballers for the Buffalo Bills, so we're going to move right on to the Falcons. Uncle Flacco uh, actually had a decent game here. Um, nothing sexy, but for Flacco, good enough numbers to win, which are basically the you know the the song of his career here. But 21.7 fantasy points, 25 of 34, 236 through the air. But he had three different receivers catch a touchdown pass. So it's nice to see him getting the ball around. And the Baltimore running backs as a whole um, all made it happen as well. Nobody did anything really crazy individually, but they all scored a touchdown. So that was frustrating for Alex Collins' uh, users, which I'll get to in a second. But um, unfortunately, uh, you know, He's not getting the bulk of the work per se, but I think that was a game script thing. They got him out early. They just didn't need him to do what he does. So they started uh, getting the other guys in and uh, passing the ball around. John Brown, nice to see him out there. He had a great game. Three catches, 44 yards, and a beautiful touchdown on four targets. Um, fire up John Brown. Get him on your bench at least. If anything were to happen to Crabtree, he would be the man. Willie Sneed, a new addition into Baltimore as well, had under four, uh, he had just under 15 fantasy points, four catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown as well. And Crabtree, 
uh, did what he does and caught his touchdown as well for 38 yards. And um, as I mentioned, all three receivers for the Ravens catching a touchdown. Lamar Jackson, just a quick note, uh, didn't do much in the stat sheet, but he did get on the field. So true to form, uh, Harbaugh did get him in there on a couple select packages. Um, he was one for four for 24 yards, and he had seven rushes for 39 yards. So, you know, it's definitely Flacco's team until he's out of there uh, one way or another. But um, Lamar Jackson did get in there and play, which I think was great to get him some real uh, official game time experience. So kudos to Harbaugh for being true to his word there. And then Stallers, uh, I have the entire team for Baltimore or for Buffalo. Again, it was just a really, really rough performance from everybody uh, to note. Shady McCoy, fantasy relevance. Shady McCoy had seven carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. Um, he had negative uh, uh, one yard on his lone reception on three targets. Shady McCoy definitely disappointed. A lot of people have been saying to stay away from him for the entire offseason, but those of you that drafted him, you might want to see if you can trade him immediately and get something off of a name value because I just think this is going to be more of the same moving forward. But I am off shady, completely have been the entire offseason. Kelvin Benjamin, two fantasy points, one catch, 10 yards, seven targets, terribly inefficient, not surprised. I'm not using Kelvin Benjamin either. Alex Collins uh, was the lone staller for Baltimore and and really didn't have a terrible game. He did get that touchdown, but again, game script just kind of got him out of the game. So it's not really on him per se, but it was something to note that when this happened, Dixon came in um, and Buck Allen came in and, and, and sniped, you know, his touchdowns away. So, you know, there was a chance in, in a closer game, Alex Collins might've gotten these two goal line touches that Buck Allen and Dixon scored on. So maybe Collins has a huge game if Buffalo actually scored a few points here, but he didn't. So this is just something to kind of mark up. It wasn't a terrible game for Collins, but something to note if you're a Collins owner. Moving into uh, L.A. L.A. Chargers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs come into uh, San Diego and San Diego, damn it, every time. L.A. and uh, bring it to the Chargers. Um, this is a close game. This is a great game all the way through, but uh, Kansas City took care of business. Pat Mahomes was on fire. Um, we weren't sure if he was going to come out and be a baller or a staller, but holy smokes, he took care of business. 15 for 27, 256, four touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, the recipient of those touchdowns. He had 42.3 fantasy points, seven catches, 169, two touchdowns, plus a kick return touchdown. Tyreek Hill is a monster. Um, you know, he's going to have up, up weeks and down weeks, but his up weeks are weak winners, as you can see. So big, big move there. And, uh, you know, Curly, who is our special guest here on the episode, we'll hear from him on Thursday. Um, he is, uh, you know, he's the Mahomes owner in our league, and he was he was blowing up our texts every, every touchdown there. So good for Mahomes. I'm glad to see him rocking it. On the L.A. side, Rivers, Doing his thing, 34 for 51, 424, three touchdowns and a pick. Melvin Gordon had a great game. He had 100 yards through the air um, on 13 targets, nine receptions, another 64 on the ground. Uh, Austin Eckler also got it done with 87 yards on the uh, in, through the air with a touchdown as well. So the Chargers like to use their running backs out of the backfield. 14 catches for 189 through the air to their running backs alone. So fire up both running backs there. And I think Eckler has a value, even if Melvin Gordon, it doesn't get hurt. Keenan Allen, PPR machine, eight catches, 108, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Mike Williams had a good game, five catches, 81 yards. And Terrell Williams also had two catches, 
eight yards and he got that touchdown. So we'll see what happens with the Williams brothers. I still think Mike Williams has the upper hand and he did have more targets, more catches, more yards, but Tyrell Williams got that touchdown. So we'll see what happens there. Some stallers in this game, Kareem Hunt, man, Kelsey Watkins for the chiefs, uh, Kareem Hunt, um, kind of inexplicably, inexplicably had, you know, under five yards or under five points fantasy wise, uh, 16 carries, 49 yards, no receptions out of the backfield which I thought was very unique. That might be a Mahomes thing. I don't know if Andy Reid did that because he was targeted a ton last year, obviously. But, you know, be careful, Kareem Hunt owners. I don't think it will be like this every week. I mean, he's just too talented, but look out. Uh, Kelsey um, also had a, had a very, very rough game. Um, 1.6 fantasy points, one catch, six yards on six targets. So he and Mahomes are off there as well. And um, – we're, you know, definitely keeping an eye on Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey in, in Kansas City uh, because Tyreek Hill seems to be the offense so far for the Chiefs in one game. And that brings me to Sammy Watkins, who only had three catches for 21 yards on five targets. So if you've got Tyreek Hill, fire him up, sell him super high if you want right now for a couple pieces. Um, if you could flip like Tyreek Hill for Mike Thomas somehow right now, I would do that in a heartbeat, and that would be a steal, I think, um, for longevity of the season. But do you? Um, I just wanted to put uh, the, the the Chargers defense, who was a huge fantasy draft, uh, top five fantasy defense coming in, uh, gave up 38 points and had just one sack. Joey Bosa was out, so that definitely hurt them. But um, keep an eye on that. If he's out, they're a totally different defense. So, uh, you know, best be streaming and paying attention there. Washington heads into Arizona and uh, takes care of business against a, a pretty woeful Cardinals team. Honestly, I was surprised on how bad the Cardinals actually looked. Um, Adrian Peterson balled out. It was so good to see AP. I love AP. I've been a fan of his for years, and um, it's just awesome to have him in the league, and, and I just love watching him run, man. He's a absolute machine. AP takes care of business, 22.6 fantasy points, 26 carries, 96 yards on the ground. And a touchdown. He had another two receptions for 70 yards. He had a nice long pass. He fumbled at the end of it in true Adrian Peterson fashion, but it was a beastly reception. Um, so it's nice to see that they're at least willing to give him the ball through the air. And Alex Smith likes to dump it down there in Washington. Adrian Peterson also collected his 100th career touchdown. Congratulations to all day. But 26 carries for Adrian Peterson. They're going to ride him out until he can't anymore. So if you got him, fire him up until he gets injured. Hopefully he doesn't, obviously, but ride him as long as you can. Thomas, or Thompson, excuse me. Also, Chris Thompson comes back after a brutal injury last year, and he does work as well. Five carries, 65 yards, but six catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Both running backs for Washington and getting it done. Al Smith, 21 for 30. 255 and two touchdowns. A nice, clean, efficient game for Alex Smith. And Jordan Reed, we've been saying, you fire him up when he's healthy. He was out there, four catches, 48 yards, a touchdown on five targets. He looks great. And the lone, the lone shine for Arizona, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, 14.6 fantasy points, seven for 76 on 10 targets, pretty standard line for Fitzgerald. And um, moving on to the Stallers, uh, Jamison Crowder um, let down a little bit, I think, uh, for Washington, only 6.2 fantasy points, three catches on 32 yards, four targets. I think we expected more of him uh, in that shallow game for Alex Smith. But this one got away early, and I think that they just kind of 
got away from the pass game um, against Arizona. And so I expect Crowder to, to uh, pick it up moving forward. Paul Richardson as well had just 22 yards on four catches. Um, again, game script kind of eliminated the receivers here, but keep an eye on the receivers for, for Washington. David Johnson uh, had fine numbers, but I put him in the stallers here because as, as arguably the number one running back drafted off the board and definitely a top four or five overall pick this year. And for the last three years, David Johnson had nine carries for just 37 yards. He did get a touchdown, which saved his day for fantasy owners, but he only had 30 yards through the air as well um, on five receptions. So this has nothing to do with David Johnson. He's a beast, as we all know, but that Arizona offense looks pretty pitiful. And a big part of that was Sam Bradford, 20 for 34, 153, and a pick. Yikes. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before we see Josh Rosen. Ricky Seals-Jones, also kind of a deep uh, deep tight end streamer, um, only had three catches for 19 yards on six targets. So be careful with that Arizona offense outside of Fitz and, and David Johnson. Of course, you're not sitting those guys. Moving into Carolina. Carolina hosts Dallas, and Carolina takes care of business. The lone spot for the Cowboys was – I put down Beasley, actually. Beasley had a great game, seven catches, 73 yards. We know what he does. He's a PPR guy, not big play possibility, not really a red zone target, but he gets the receptions, moves his chains. He's very efficient, 14.3 fantasy points for Beasley. And on the Carolina side, frankly, I just put their defense. Uh, they they um, had one fumble recovery, six sacks, and only eight points against uh that dallas offense doesn't look very good but that carolina defense looks real good so fire them up if you're streaming as well on the uh staller side um you know i put cam newton uh you know he's he's flashy he got his touchdown on the ground but through the air listen to this 17 for 26 161 161 through the air 13 carries 58 yards and a touchdown we all know he can run i've been arguing against cam newton all offseason and i've always prefaced it with i know he can get it on the ground the problem is he's got to get it through the air and he just isn't doing that christian mccaffrey 13.5 fantasy points 10 carries 50 yards six receptions 45 yards and a fumble um he's you know definitely a dud as far as where everyone drafted him expecting him to be the bell cow uh, and he got a lot of carries, but didn't do much with them. Carolina receivers, nobody had over three receptions or 41 yards. Enough said there. Greg Olson went down with another fractured foot. Super bummed to have Greg Olson out. Uh, we'll get a report on him as soon as possible. Dak Prescott, 19 for 29, 170. Five carries, 19 yards, nothing much to write home about there. And Zeke had decent numbers, just like David Johnson. But again, as a top three, five pick, um, let fantasy – owners down with uh, just 17 fantasy points in PPR leagues, 15 re uh, carries for 69 yards, one reception for three, or I'm sorry, 15 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown on a nice like high school option play, which actually looked pretty cool. Um, so you got that touchdown and then three reception for 17 yards. So not much there. And the Dallas receivers, Hearns, Gallup, and Terrence Williams combined for three receptions, 35 yards on six total targets. Not going to get it done. Moving on to Denver. Seattle comes into Denver. Denver holds them off 27-24. This was a close game the whole way through, but Denver gets the home win. Russell Wilson does his thing. Almost 300 yards, 298, three touchdowns, but he had two picks. And a new uh, new sheriff in town at the tight end position, potentially. Disley at the tight end position kind of came out of nowhere with three catches, 105 and a touchdown. Keep an eye on him. I still think it's Vanette. 
Vanette's position, but uh, Disley did get that touchdown and, and a bunch of yards, so keep an eye there. Brandon Marshall had three catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown, and Tyler Lockett had three catches, four, 59 yards, and a touchdown. So Russell Wilson spreading the ball around. Case Keenum on the Denver side had a pretty solid game. 329 yards, three touchdowns, but he had three picks. So he's got to be careful there, but those numbers on the other side look pretty good. So if he can he can knock those picks down, I think he's going to be a solid option for streamers. And Demarius Thomas, six catches, 63 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. Emmanuel Sanders balled out as well. 10 receptions, 135, and a touchdown through the air on 11 targets. And he had a nice front flip touchdown. I'd like to see that. And Phillip Lindsay is somebody everyone needs to keep track of now. Devontae Bar- um, uh uh, Booker is a non-factor in my opinion, uh, but Royce Freeman definitely got his his um, his uh, workload cut into by Philip Lindsay, who looked good in the preseason. They're bringing him in as a third down back now. 15 carries, 71 yards. He had two receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Keep an eye on Philip Lindsay. And if you got Devontae Booker, bounce him, pick up Lindsay. Some stallers. The Seattle offensive line looks terrible. Doug Baldwin uh, hurt his other knee. And the Seattle running backs didn't do much at all. Carson, Penny um, combined for about 16 fantasy points, about eight each. Uh, they each had seven carries. Carson had 51 yards, Penny just eight. Um, they had seven catches total for uh, 63 yards. Not much out of the backfield in in Seattle as uh, predicted. And Nick Vanette, as mentioned, just two fantasy points. He had one catch for 11 yards to Disley's three catches for 105 and a touchdown. Keep an eye there. Royce Freeman, just 15 carries for 71 yards. And he did not seem to be the bell cow again. So he and Lindsay had the same same stat line, but Lindsay did get that touchdown through the air. So keep an eye on Royce Freeman. And as I said, Booker had four touchdowns. Bounce them. Sunday night football. Um, by now, you've probably heard of all the Aaron Rodgers talk. I won't go into all of all of his heroics, but holy shit. Aaron Rodgers is, is pretty incredible. Whatever they gave him in that tent uh, definitely helped him out. I'm sure it was, uh, you know, probably some whole grain uh, organic kale salad or something to, to boost up his energy there. But damn, dude's a monster. I'm going to start this off in the baller category, though, with the talk of the town in Chicago, Khalil Mack. Of course, not going to be a fantasy option unless you're in the IDP leagues, but damn. Dude was balling, ready to go. He had a pick for a touchdown. He had a strip fumble where he just straight up ripped it out of the – arms of the ball carrier and uh dude is just an absolute absolute menace so Khalil Mack you know turning around there in Chicago Jordan Howard had a decent game 15 carries 82 yards five receptions on five targets which is nice for 25 yards so it's good to see him used out of the backfield they said they were going to use him on third downs they sure did Aaron and Rodgers crushed it he didn't have anything in the first half and really even in the third quarter uh when he went out with what looked like originally um a uh season ending injury possibly he's carted off the field kind of come back and and heroically uh makes a return and for unfortunately for bears fans just absolute aaron Rodgers's them uh he ends up with 24.9 fantasy points 20 of 32 86 and three late bomb touchdowns my goodness look at the i'm sure you've all heard it by now but go watch the actual fourth quarter of that game and watch aaron Rodgers do his thing on one leg green bay receivers cobb 
Nine catches, 142, and a long, long, long touchdown late at the game. Devontae Adams, five catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Geronimo Allison gets into it, five catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Everybody eats in an Andrew Luck or Andrew Luck offense, and everybody eats in an Aaron Rodgers offense. Those receivers are all playable all the time. Obviously, Geronimo Allison is a, is a flyer, but man, Aaron loves him, and when he's healthy a full game, I bet his numbers would have been higher than this. Some stallers in this game. Mitch Trubisky um, looked fine on the first drive. He had a nice rushing touchdown. Um, he looked good through the air on the first you know quarter, but after that, yikes. He finished 23 of 35, 171 through the air, seven carries, 32 yards, and that touchdown, but not feeling good about Mitch Trubisky, which leads into the rest of the offense for the Chicago Bears. And Allen Robinson had an excellent, uh, I think it was a 22-yard catch. I might be off there, but he had a nice catch down the sideline early in the game. He looked awesome. I think everybody was excited to see what will happen there. But he only ended up with the game with four catches, 61 yards on seven targets, so they kind of just disappeared there. Tariq Cohen. Only five carries for 25 yards and three catches for 16 yards there. So looks like Jordan Howard is going to be the more or less bell cow with Tariq Cohen playing on the uh, on the third downs there. Um, Trey Burton definitely disappointed a lot of fantasy um, players, um, myself included, uh, have him very highly ranked this year. I think it's just a slow start. Hopefully he looked great in the preseason, but he had just one reception for 15 yards, but he did have six targets. We'll see what happens there. And the Chicago bears in the fourth quarter period are a staller, um, just falling apart. And Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but yikes, they gave up three bombs late in the game and kind of pissed this one away. So unfortunately for the bears fans, Aaron Rodgers just does his thing. Uh, on the Green Bay side, I have the Green Bay offense before the uh, the Green Bay team, frankly, before the fourth quarter, doing the same thing. Just just a terrible performance at home, and even Aaron Rodgers early, he didn't do much before he got hurt, but um, <clears throat> he was balling when he got back. Green Bay receivers didn't do or running backs, excuse me, didn't do much. Montgomery two two carries, seven yards, two receptions, twenty one yards. Jamal Williams. 15 carries, so a good workload, but 15 carries, just 47 yards. That is the issue, I think, with Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones, fire him up when he gets back. I'm looking forward to it. Jimmy Graham, not surprised, but he had just two catches for eight yards. He will catch six to eight touchdowns if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy and Jimmy Graham stays healthy this year, but you're going to get a lot of stat lines like this. Be very careful with Jimmy Graham. Two more games to roll through here. The New York Football Jets rolling into Detroit and absolutely dismantled the Lions. This was a very, very surprising game. Nobody outside of Gary Vaynerchuk expected this game to happen the way that it did. And the the, the Jets came in and absolutely slaughtered the Lions. First play of the game, the first uh, NFL pass from Sam Darnold was picked off, ran back to the house by the Lions. But what everybody liked about Sam Darnold coming out was his composure and him keep an even keel, and he certainly did that. This kid is the real deal. He ended up finishing the game with 16 for 21, 198, two touchdowns, and that pick to the house on the first play. The numbers aren't super sexy, obviously, and they just didn't need him late in the game because they, you know, Matt Stafford basically was the best Jets player this whole game. But Darnold played very, very well after that pick six on his first NFL pass, and I was very impressed. So Darnold moving forward is an excellent, excellent streamer deep, and also uh, just in dynasty leagues, if you're in a keeper league, any of that stuff, Darnold's the real deal moving moving through. And I think he could just – he could 
be the next, not Tom Brady overall, but he will be the next best quarterback in this division once Tom Brady's out. And I think the Jets will start rolling, which I said preseason. Anyway, back to the game here. Uh, Isaiah Crowell had a really nice game. 10 carries. He had a nice long 62-yard touchdown. He ended up with 102 um, yards. He had two total touchdowns. Isaiah Crowell, I think, surprised some people and um, had a good game there. Quincy Anunua ended up being the number one receiver for the night. Six catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown on 10 total targets. And as I mentioned, uh, Sam Darnold played very well there. And the Jets' D just balled out. Two touchdowns um, plus a uh, a um, special teams touchdown and uh, five interceptions, which was just absolutely brutal. Um, Golden Tate and Kenny Galladay were the the two kind of shining stars for the Lions there, um, but not huge. Just seven catches, 79 yards and a touchdown on 15 targets for Tate, so he's still that target monster. Kenny Galladay had a great game, though. Seven catches, 114 on 12 targets, so keep an eye on that. And they targeted uh, Marvin Jones a bunch, so don't worry about that. They targeted Marvin Jones a ton. He just wasn't able to come down with many of those catches, but he targeted him a ton in the end zone. To the Stallers, Robbie Anderson had just one catch. It was a deep bomb, 41 yards for a touchdown, but he had just one target and one catch. So we'll see what happens there because uh, Quincy Anuma seemed to be the guy. Marvin Jones, as I mentioned, um, just four catches, 54 yards on eight targets. Matt Stafford absolutely got destroyed in this game. He actually left the game temporarily with a hyperextended knee, it looked like. And then he left again by getting just destroyed in the pocket on a kind of a front to back hit um, where a crush looked look like a sternum. Um, he's a tough dude and we've seen him play through injuries over the years, but man, he, uh, he definitely got bounced uh, 286 yards, one touchdown and those interceptions. Um, but Stafford looked very, very, very rough. Matt Castle came in for a series at the end there. Detroit running backs were pitiful. Um, uh, nobody really did anything. And Blunt actually went out as well uh, with a knee injury. So we'll see what happens there. Um, there was one point in this game where the Jets had 21 points in two minutes and 36 seconds. And uh, the Jets could have put up 50 points easily. They were driving at the very end of the game with about three, four minutes left. And they kneeled the ball out on like the three-yard line or something out of sportsmanship, which is nice. But they could have easily scored no problem and put a 50-burger on the Lions. So uh, definitely, definitely worried about Detroit. Moving on to the final game of the week, and this is the Monday night second game. And uh, the Raiders, man, Raiders had this one in the bag, I think. And uh, I'm not surprised that the, the, the Rams pulled away here 33-13. to 13. If I didn't report the, the score there, I'm sorry, in the last two games, the Packers 24-23 over the Bears and the Jets 48-17 to over the Jets. Um, but the Rams come into Oakland. This game was close all the way until the fourth quarter, but the Rams pull ahead 33-13. Gurley balled it up, 20 carries, 108, three t uh, receptions, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, five catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. And Brandon Cooks, five catches, 87 yards on eight targets. Um, Jared Cook was all of the offense for the Raiders with nine catches, 181 on 12 targets. He was beasting. Go pick him up if you need a tight end. I think he's going to be the only option in the passing game. Amari Cooper was nowhere to be found. Lynch balled it up. Not a huge game, but he did have a great catch there. And um, not much to say on the other side. Woods and Goff crushed. And uh, Carr didn't do much. Jordy and, and Amari didn't do much as well. So we'll see if the uh, Raiders can pick it up. But um, those Rams look beastly. 
Woo, that's a lot of stats, a lot of numbers. Thank you for keeping up with me on that. Tuesday episodes, I'll be breaking down with a weekend recap like you just heard, given the touches, given the carries, given the receptions, the yards, the touchdowns, seeing who's blowing up, who's fading out, recapping the stallers and the ballers. Wednesdays, Daniel's going to jump on and handle the news and notes segment, any trades, coaching moves, things of that nature. Thursday, we'll be previewing the upcoming weekend and be joined by Curly as often as possible, and we'll be covering our personal fantasy teams in both the TCK Pod Listener League and our League of Record. We've been in for a decade together, filling you in on how our personal teams are doing, as well as giving our predictions for the NFL wins and losses per weekend. Until then, enjoy your week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. Make sure you email your questions to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKPod. And remember, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Don't screw up. For Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.